Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Number one. Speaking of which, to me, guys, this is a incredible opportunity. This is the Golden State Warriors when Steve Kerr got there. Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars. Think of it this way. He's going to make about $8 million a year on his contract for the next three years. If a quarterback makes $40 million a year, that gives him another $32 million a year. Think about if they add Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin. They're getting back Travis Etienne. So to me, there's a great foundation here in terms of you got the franchise quarterback, you got a pass rusher in Josh Allen, a couple of other pieces. But more importantly, you could add, besides having another you know top pick, you're going to add two or three really good players every year for the next three years. Hmm. Mike Tannenbaum, baby. Yeah. Love that guy. And all of a sudden you can go, you know, you get a magic phone booth like Bill and Ted and you go back in time and get Jerry Rice in his prime. Bring him back on the team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was this recently, Brent? Yeah. This was this morning on Keyshawn, Jay, and, and Max on ESPN 690. So he doubled up he and doubled said out, it's baby. the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. Okay. That's Mike Tannenbaum used to be the GM of the Jets. Oh, yeah. Now he's an ESPN analyst, yeah. Josh Scobie. And uh, I don't know why Austin has such a problem with this. He thinks this job is a terrific job. Trevor Lawrence, you get him on a rookie deal. Uh, you go get a big-time wide receiver in free agency. He compares the Jacksonville Jaguars job to you could be like the Golden State Warriors over the next few years. Josh, your thoughts? Uh, I think right now the narrative is not very good with the Jags. It doesn't matter. I think people are just regurgitating bad words about the Jags right now. Um, that, now, I'm a little confused by what he means about the Golden State Warriors over the next three years. Is he comparing us in, the, in a good way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, he, he, like he, saying he, it could explode. He's oh. calling Trevor Lawrence Steph Curry, essentially. Yeah, well, it's safe. I mean, I hope he's right. That, Me too. I mean, that's the nicest thing anyone has said about the Jaguars in a long time. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's I, why I say bring him in for a GM interview. I, yeah. you know, that's the thing. I think Mike's hoping that Shad Khan's listening to that interview so he can go interview for the for the GM job. Well, that would make a yeah. little bit more sense. And then he's going to hire Brent on as some kind of special assistant. As and he it's should. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, be part of his 33rd team. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. got a new business there. There's probably venture. a reason why he's there and not an actual GM or with a team right <laughs> Listen, now. we both yep. were very high on Trevon Diggs as well, so we, we and we're right, right, hey, Trevon Diggs. 11 interceptions this year. How many touchdowns given up? I don't know. Okay. Nobody cares. Okay. 11 <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> yeah. More than the Jags had turnovers all year long. Sure, sure. Oh, my gosh. Is that right? Yeah, nine. How <laughs> yeah, about the Dallas Cowboys had 22 different players score touchdowns this year mm -hmm. the Jaguars had going into Sunday I think this was so they scored two more that 28 touchdowns all year Oof. that sounds <laughs> like <Shot to> Chris <laughs> <Man hurts. laughs> he scored the first one that's what I'm saying Shot to Chris Man never man. scored that another tempo. one we thought he was set, have 16 touchdowns the 17. I remember that was one of my bold predictions of the season Brent was Chris Man it's gonna have a breakout year yeah well he broke out yeah and then yeah. Yeah, apparently Stopped. Yeah. Imagine that. It would have been like after game one, you got 16 games to go. You'd be over under a half a touchdown for Chris Manhurts. You could put your house yeah. on it. I know. <laughs> I know. And, uh, you'd lose. Yeah. Imagine that. If he even stayed healthy the whole way, which he did. Yeah. Like, it's not like he got hurt. So, uh, oh. uh, trivia question, though, when Trevor goes to the Hall of Fame someday, <laughs> who caught his first touchdown pass? It's Chris Manhurts. Remember I hope they saved that ball. <laughs> 
I hope they did, too. I think they did, if I remember that story. Put it in Canton. Let's go. Uh, Brent Martineau along with uh, Austin Lane and Josh Scobie here at Top Golf for one final Tuesday. Uh, Case Kurtz back in the studio as well. Football at 5. And he's starting to get nervous about Balky and Bill O'Brien. We, yeah, we should all be nervous about that one. I mean, I don't know what we're doing if, number one, we, we did not fire Trent Balky yesterday. I have no idea what the plan is there. I honestly think that Shad Khan just didn't want to give in to the fans. He didn't want to say, all right, you guys, I'm going to give in to you. I'm going to do what you wanted. I think if the Jags had lost the game on Sunday, that would have helped the cause, helped the clown cause, that is. Um, but I honestly don't know what we're doing if we're still thinking about hiring someone like Bill O'Brien and having Trent Baalke in place because – we're pretty much doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And I don't know. I've been frustrated the last couple of days be, because of what is going on. Yeah, I, I think everybody's frustrated. I just don't know if we know yet. Uh, we talked about it a little bit today, and I, I continue to say, I think the door's wide open on this. Like, I think everybody else kind of feels like it's a done deal. Uh, Trent Balky is involved, and he's he's telling Daryl Bevel to come on down the hallway and interview, and that makes him the GM in 2022. I think this is intentional on a lot of levels from Shad Khan to keep the door wide open in case a coach comes in and says, I don't want to work with him. We've really only seen one coach that we know of say, I don't want to go interview for the job that's Dan Quinn and who, who knows why he said that he now looks like he's going to interview with a couple of other teams so you're getting people in here to interview a lot of interviews going on over a two-week stretch so I don't know if it really matters that bulky is still right now in the building and, and everything exists I think fans are afraid of it and then when you see Bill O'Brien interviewing you're like okay why is Bill O'Brien interviewing yeah. and I think this is like well Here's one guy that would go work with Balky because nobody else in the NFL will ask him to be their head coach. So that's a bad scenario, Austin, if that's your reasoning for hiring Bill O'Brien or at least even giving him a chance to get the job. Brent, you've been covering this team for a while now. Does Sunday's performance and beating the Colts and, you know, probably having the best game of the season... Does that affect the decision to possibly maintain Trent Baalke? I mean, obviously with Daryl Bevel, it gave him the opportunity, I think, to, to interview, at least to, in good faith, to interview yeah, Daryl yeah. Bevel. But does that have anything to do with Trent Baalke as well, maybe retaining his job from one game on Sunday? That's a good call. You know, I talked to somebody this morning, and <laughs> like, hey, as this rookie class, with ETN didn't play, and Campbell was struggling throughout the year, and then Walker Little wasn't even on the field, and Andre Sisco was on the field, and... Trent Bulky is probably like, well, those were Urban's picks. Well, what did he say after Sunday's game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got said, wait Urban a minute, Cisco played pretty well. Walker yeah. Little played for the last yeah. couple of games pretty well. Urban didn't play him. Getting better. I picked him. <laughs> yeah. Right. So don't you get a sense, though, that's what goes on? And that's no, my problem with the NFL. Can we get people in here that are less worried about saving their own ass and, yeah. and their job in the NFL and want the Jacksonville Jaguars to do well? That's what I asked Shad Khan to do. Shot, can you find people that want this organization to do well? And that doesn't mean you have to go get former players and put them in the spot. But uh, that have the best interest of you and the organization uh, at in the locker room, of course, at doing well and succeeding. And I feel like the last few years we've got more of, hey, what's best for me? What's best for me? And that's kind of the nature of the NFL. Yep. It's a selfish business. But I think Shot has to find something that escapes that. And that's why... I firmly believe Jim Caldwell's the best candidate to avoid that because he doesn't seem like he's an ego-driven guy. 
Well, mainly because he doesn't talk very much. Yeah. <laughs> when they show him on the sideline, he's not speaking at all, and his mouth isn't moving. But, no, I agree with you. Uh, the, the problem with it is, is that is the nature of the business. I mean, yeah. everyone is looking out for themselves, number one. And the way that you build culture and the way that you build an organization is through winning. And, unfortunately, whenever you have a losing culture, you're not going to get guys coming in here that really do have the program or, you know, the, the organization in the back of their mind that they want to grow. It's all about what is going to happen to me next. And that's just the way it is. And it, we're not like the Pittsburgh Steelers where they hire a GM, they hire a head coach, and if they have a so-called bad season or bad draft class or whatever, uh, they're, they're going to fire everyone. That's, I mean, we're, we are firing coaches and GMs and player personnel guys on a regular basis, and it's hard to build a culture whenever you have new guys coming in year in and year out. Josh, my biggest complaint with Trent Baalke, and once again, we'll see how this draft class you know, plays out. I think it's way too early to tell exactly how much he hit on, how much he missed on. But my biggest complaint with Trent Baalke, and we talk about a GM, it's not the GM's job to build a culture, right? Like, you get guys who you can build a culture around, but it's the head coach's job to build a culture. But, you know, Trent Baalke did come out and say, after the whole Urban Meyer fiasco in Cincinnati, that he was aware of it. Which leads me to believe, okay, if he was aware of it, Urban Meyer told him, he said that's fine, stay behind, you know, leave the team on the, the plane yeah. and, and go your separate ways. I have an issue with that because that's you essentially saying, you know, Urban Meyer's bigger than the team. And, and you gave him the okay on that. So one of two things either happened here, Josh. Either he didn't know about it and he lied to cover his, you know, what, which is a possibility. Yeah, so that makes you a liar. Yeah. Or you did no help. You, you did this team no service of contributing to help build this culture when you allowed Urban Meyer to stay behind. Either way, it looks bad on your part. Correct. And Urban could have done himself a, a really good service by deciding to come back with the team if they had lost the game. If they had won the game, I mean, no one's going to even care. We wouldn't even be talking about this. He might still be the coach. Uh, but whenever that happened, Trent Baalke looks dumb. Urban looks dumb. Uh, I, I honestly don't blame Trent, Trent Baalke for saying, Urban, you can stay behind. I would think that Urban was the one that should have made the good decision there. Sure. Um, he probably lied to him, told him what he was going to do. He ended up, he might have done what he said he was going to do, but then he did a lot more, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a, a thing that they need to try and get past and build a culture of trust and respect and get somewhere to where the players want to be here. They, they can bring in free agents and good things can happen. I'll tell you what, I think you look back on this lock, this, you could look back on Urban Meyer so far, we don't know everything, but I think he did find, maybe even Balky's involved in this, they found a pretty good locker room of leadership, because one thing we've learned is that they kept it together. Those guys sure. kept it they together. To there wasn't hard. a lot of yeah. infighting, yeah. Yeah. and they knew that they didn't have, like, whether it was Urban, front office, coaches, they didn't have trust in after yeah. a while, and it might have happened after the Cincinnati trip. That they were like, okay, it's us, okay? We've got to 
do this thing galvanize. Now, it didn't mean wins, but it could have been even more of a soap opera, I guess is my point. The other thing that maybe they found is a little bit of talent in the first few rounds. I mean, I think Cisco showed some things. I think Tyson Campbell has showed some things. I think Walker Little showed a little bit in a couple of games. We'll see long term. And, and obviously, Trevor was easy. Everybody would have taken him. We don't know about Travis Etienne. So there might have been some things, at least as these guys exit, or at least Urban Meyer exits, that they did do some things better than we initially thought. Uh, but you just said it. You, if you're going to talk culture, the number one thing, uh, I talked to somebody else today that I talked to weeks ago, is the number one thing is get rid of the dysfunction. Because at least if you get rid of the dysfunction, you have a chance. You have a chance if you don't have to deal with all that bull. And if how about... How fair is it to the players this year? I think it was a little unfair to the players for them to have to deal with all that stuff and try to perform and try to do their best and try to feed their families, make their contracts, make their money, all that stuff. Well, dealing with all this stuff, especially, I think, that with Trevor Lawrence. And so how can you be Shad Khan and say, we have got to gut that part out? Whoever was a part of it, and, and I've said this countless times, I don't know how much Trent Bulky was at fault. But he's guilty by association, in my estimation. And th for that reason only, uh, not really just that reason only, but for one of the reasons, I would say, okay, we're resetting this. Because we don't want to put our players, our young quarterback, in a situation like that ever again. So we've got to go find good people to lead this organization. And and I just think there's so much logic involved here, guys, <laughs> that, that, that we're missing by keeping bulky potentially and by bringing guys like Bill O'Brien in for interviews. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, it, it, that's, that's a good point. And I think by, you know, keeping Trent bulky, it's especially with the, the incumbent veterans that are here that are probably rolling their eyes anytime they hear anything about him. And now that they're seeing that he might be retained and not fired, uh, they're going to be a little angry about this. And they're going to be, you know, texting their, their buddies in the league who might be potential free agents that could come here. And that can yeah. make a difference in whether or not they sign here. And it, it's just little things like that that Shad Khan needs to know about. He, he needs to know that if you have a GM that's preventing a big-time free agent or a potential head coach or other coaches from signing here not coming... I mean, bye-bye. You need to leave. Yeah. Like, get rid yeah. of the cancer. Come in, cut it out, bye-bye. No, I mean, it's a fantastic point because we've been talking about the past couple of days how maybe some coaches are turned off to the idea of working with Trent Baalke, but we haven't really discussed it all. Is in free agency, our agents out there saying, hey, oh, yeah. Jacksonville may maybe gives you more money. Maybe it's, you know, you know the state income tax, but right there, man, it's dysfunction. And it's, it's that, dysfunction. The agents will be the one that talk yes. about it the most. Yes, It's correct. not going to be the players as much. It's the agents that yep. they spread rumors, and yep. they talk to, you know, the Jason Lock and Fours of the world and, you know, throw out random comments to them, and then that, that gets spread like wildfire, and that's why this has been going on. See, it's one thing if you have the NFLPA coming out a couple years ago and saying don't go to Jacksonville because of all the grievances that are being filed. That was bad enough, you know? right? That was bad. But then it's another thing when you shoot yourselves in the foot with a with a essentially a, a general manager you know position in terms of the hiring or not firing, that's another whole animal right there. That's what you're going through right now, I think, with agents saying, "Hey, maybe stay clear in Jacksonville for now and see how this whole thing shakes yeah, out." Exactly. Yeah. And and by the way, like I would say, that also could affect your staff. And I believe the underbelly of all the problems here in Jacksonville, I think you well not all the problems, but a lot of the on-field <laughs> problems. 
in Jacksonville. If you go all the way back to... 1995. Well, not really. I would say, <laughs> let's just say the recent 10 years, right, from Gus Bradley. I really think this Gus messed up by, by having Jed Fish here. And then the, the snowball of things. Even Doug Marone firing Nathaniel Hackett. Did that make sense? Was he just trying to save his own job? Hackett had done a pretty good job. Yeah. You know, Pryor had gotten the best play out of Blake Portals. Yeah. Hackett's up for head coaching positions now. That's and right. And, and Doug never, fired yeah. him. Yeah. And Doug fired him. Yeah. And now two years later, he's up for coaching jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, hello. You know, I mean, so, uh, and, and now Urban Meyer's staff, the same thing. Like, whatever it was, it didn't mesh. And so I believe, actually, the underbelly of some of this that we don't talk about enough is not only do they get Doug Peterson in, Jim Caldwell in, one of these coaches in, is who else do they bring with them? Yeah. And, and do they find the right assistant coaches? Uh, you know, if you get the right guy, Austin, you'd like this. You, you played for him. You could get Vic Fangio, who many sure. people believe is a defensive wits. Yes. You know, in here to Jacksonville, if you get the right coach. And now you could partner your OC coach, let's just say it's Peterson, with Vic Fangio. And now you might have yourself a superstar staff, Austin. I mean, no, absolutely. Uh, maybe it's Zimmer. Zimmer's a good defensive mind, supposedly. I would, I'd go Fangio first in this example. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you could get a quality, quality staff together if you pick the right guy no i mean it's all about you know once that first domino falls it's it's the snowball effect it's just it's unfortunately right now you are limiting that snowball effect because you still have something left over from the, the old regime who a lot of people right now are not going to bat for so that that's going to hurt the search that's going to hurt the umbrella that you can cast and say we want this guy as a coordinator we want this guy's position coach i think that affects you overall because and i get it you know there's one of 32 jobs in the nfl it's, it's people always say that Okay, but there's always opportunities. If it's not this year, then maybe next year. There will always be opportunities. There will always be turnover. And I just have a hard time believing right now with the way the Jaguars are set up that guys are going to risk, you know, their reputations and maybe their careers on taking this job right now. Yeah, and listen, I think, uh, you know, they are seeing that. I mean, I think Daryl Bevel will leave here disappointed that he took this job, right, with Urban Meyer. And so is that a red flag for other offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, wide receiver coaches to say, do we really want to go down to Jacksonville? It seems like they turn over all the time. We're going to move our family down there. All these things come into play. And so, uh, again, some of that toxicity that exists in there, the Jags have to get away with. Let me ask you guys this, because we've, uh, I think it, they've done it a bunch of different ways, and we acknowledge this when Shad made the latest move on Urban Meyer. Uh, and then everything shifted to, to bulky talk. But how would you like to see it set up? Do you want, is there enough infrastructure from the top uh, with Shad, who's kind of not a football guy in terms of ownership? Is it just head coach GM? Like, are you guys cool with that as, as former players? Do you notice that? Or would you like to see, I don't know, I mean, name your way, right? Tony, yeah, I, I like suggested Tony Dungy. Yeah. Like, were, were they really that wrong with getting Coughlin in there? The idea of it, maybe if it wasn't Coughlin or maybe somebody else, yeah. uh, that could be a liaison of sorts and say, I need to go bounce an idea off a guy who's been around it for 30, 40 years. I, I bring up, like, a Tony Dungy, right? Like, yeah. I'd love to pair Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell in the building. Good people, yep. good football knowledge, been around it. Would, would that yeah. make sense? And he knows Tony would probably stay in his lane. Heck, if he wants, he can still go through Sunday night football. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. care. Just give me a guy I can pick up the phone and call.
call and say, hey, what do you think about this? Well, I, yeah, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, that's what you want, um, you know, in EVP. But at the same time, when you brought Tom Coughlin in, okay, off the get-go, it maybe worked fine. But then you gave him too much power. And then there was a problem with the chain of command. Who's running practices? Who's establishing the culture? You know, who's trading for who? All this stuff. Like, it got to the point where the chain of command, it was lost because you gave somebody too much power, and the head coach was kind of wondering, well, what do I do then? You can't do that again. You have to learn by your mistakes. I agree, Brent. I think Tony Dungy would be a great advisor to have, um, you know, at, at your level. It's just the fact that you got to make it clear from day one. This is your job right here. This is what you do, and it is what it is. Yeah, stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they have to, number one, be involved with the decision-making uh, personnel, uh, but also be out of the way and not do what Tom Coughlin did yes. in terms of approaching players <laughs> and pretending like you're still the head coach. Yeah. Yep. And that's where Coughlin screwed up. And, and there was concern that that could happen, right? Yeah. That's just in his DNA. I mean, yeah. Tom, you know, he was. Not, not, not trying to mess it up, but kind of that's what we... That's 100% a, that's participation, a 100% participation <laughs> now. That's a hard adjustment. But I'll tell you this. I'm not convinced that's the way to go. But the more people I've talked to, at least in this instance, and I've asked about other situations across the league, and they say there's a better football infrastructure in other places. You know, and, and maybe that is something the Jags need to explore, not just have a GM and a coach and, and still have more people to lean on from a football perspective. You know, I'm afraid of too much communication, too many cooks in the kitchen. That's what I liked about the Urban Meyer thing is that it was coach-centric yeah. and you knew where everything was coming from. Well, we knew where everything was coming from and it all got screwed up. So yeah. we can blame them. Yeah. That's great. We know who to blame. But is that the best way to go if you put all the eggs in one basket? Uh, maybe that isn't the best way to go. That's true. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just depends. I, I mean, it, like we always say, winning solves all problems. And sometimes the harder you try, the worse it gets. Uh, so maybe keep it simple and just have head coach, GM, owner, and that's it, and see how that works out. And let's go from there. Yeah, but the bottom we, line is we have you, to make the good hires. Yeah, if you the pick good the good people, right? If you there pick the right yes. people and you pick the right players, yeah. all of this works easy. See, Brent, what concerns me about the whole situation now is Shad Khan. You had Tony Khan on like two weeks ago. Yeah. I wasn't here for that, but I, I listened back to it. And like Tony Khan speaking, you got this sense that he was almost putting his own resume and saying, I want to help out more at the football side of it. Yeah. Because he made it abundantly clear. He doesn't make a lot of decisions. He's with undrafted free agents in terms of the scouting and all that stuff, and that's about it. So if that's Shad Khan's son, and you go on Tony Khan's Twitter, it says owner, and that's all he's bringing to the table is just the undrafted free agents? Well, then all I can see is just it's Shad Khan and Trent Baalke, and that's about it. We're locked in a room together saying, how are we going to make this work? Yeah, that and, and that shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the case. I don't know if that's enough. No, you know, it's not. That doesn't feel like it's, it's enough. No. And there's one guy in there I don't even want in there. Exactly. I, you know, and, and that would be Baalke. I mean, I don't want to cause a family rift, but, like, if your own son's not being more involved in these situations, then who is involved on this stuff? Yeah, I, I left that interview with Tony wondering, all right, listen, can you hand off something else to Fulham? and let somebody else handle yeah. Fulham, and Tony can come in that role and at least help you out on the football liaison side if, if that's who Shad would listen to, right? Yeah. And he can be more involved, and, and I don't know if it would work, but it would be an idea, right? Yeah. So uh, let's uh, take a break. We come back Tuesdays from Top Golf. Brett Martin, Josh Gobi, Austin Lane. Uh, we got uh, more football talk, of course, and maybe a delete your tweet segment coming up on ESPN 690. <laughs> 
p.m. and I walk into a meeting and Joe Judge is sitting there. You know that Homer Simpson meme where he walks into the bar, hangs up his coat, and then turns around <laughs> and walks right back out? I'm doing that joint. I think it's Homer's dad that does that. I'm going in and I'm coming right on out because I know this isn't the place for me. Who's the lead singer? Who was, who was that? Is that Fox? Yes, it was Foxworth. Dominic Foxworth? Yeah. Talking about that Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> did you listen to the yes. sound bite at all? Yeah, I did. No, yeah, for sure. Okay, just checking. Oh, Josh was asking me who was singing the song to us, but I got distracted by Josh <laughs> for a second. But, but I got it right. Who's singing the song? The Rhythmics. Ah, oh, very good. Two for yeah. two. Good job, but, uh, Who's the lead singer? I can't remember who the lead singer no, is. you know? Gosh, no. Do I know? Annie Lennox. Ah, there you go. good call. Did you know that, Casey? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I don't know any of that stuff. Don't quiz me on it. For sure. For uh, sure. We got Imagine Dragons tickets coming up the rest of the week. Gave those out earlier today. Part of our three-year celebration, which we will officially celebrate on uh, Friday, the anniversary of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN. Why did they play at the college football halftime show? I feel like every single year it's Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Instead, Katie COVID Perry. or something? Okay, maybe Katie. I mean, I wasn't mad at Katie, P Katie Perry. That was cool. Do you know she has a cat? Katy Perry has a cat? Nah, I was it's not named aware. Kitty Perry. Kitty Perry. <laughs> really? Yeah. The, the, the ego on, on that one. Unbelievable. <laughs> Casey, did you just say Joe Judge just got fired? I did say that. Ian Rappaport is reporting. After I played that sound, wow. what a moment. Is that blue check, Mark Ian? It's it's blue check, Mark Ian. <laughs> yep. It could be Dilla. It's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long time coming for Joe Judge, Brent. Let's go ahead and get Daniel Jones out of there, and let's start from scratch. Let's go, everybody. <laughs> well, now there's a good chance to start from scratch. Right. Get somebody else in there. How many GMs have been fired? The uh, there days. were three retired Giants. Uh, Chicago fired and Pace. Spielman in Minnesota. Pittsburgh's retired. I think is retiring, too, right? Yeah, after the season. Oh, Kevin Colbert. Colbert, yeah. Yep. yeah. So that needs to come here. I know. It wouldn't be, be cool. bad, right? I like that dude. Yeah? He traded for me. And even when I got released, he was a good dude. Really? Yeah. Super nice guy. Well, that's okay. And obviously has a really good track record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, see if he wants to retire down here in Jacksonville. Might yeah. as well. I don't think I have his phone number anymore. <laughs> probably deleted mine. <laughs> so what's interesting about Joe Judge, okay, and this, this is why I say keep an eye on the bulky stuff, even though everybody believes, like, hey, he's staying, he's staying, he's staying. Shot has left it wide open on Balky. Ownership in New York left it wide open on Joe Judge. There were reports all of most of last week and even the last couple of weeks that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones were safe moving forward. Yeah. And obviously Gettleman they were doing something with, but he ends up retiring, basically forced into retirement mm -hmm. is the story there. Well, yesterday morning or Sunday night, yesterday morning, they still had a chance to fire Joe Judge. Hadn't done it. They met with Joe Judge apparently or reportedly yesterday afternoon. Didn't fire him then. And now after sleeping on it a little bit, Mara and the Giants say, you know what? Here we are on Tuesday, 24 hours after we met. We have already could have made this decision. Now we're going to make the decision. We're moving on. So the point being is he took a long time to decide what a lot of people would have already yeah. done. Yeah. And, and by the way, he got lambasted by my guy Dan Orlowski, <laughs> like in the national media. No, the national media yeah. hammered Joe Judge. Yeah. Like, Absolutely obliterated Joe Judge. Yeah. Good well, I just remind you what's going on right now here in Jacksonville with GM Trent Baalke. Sure. People are hammering him, not just here locally, not just fans, but around the country. There's no endorsement 
and there's criticism from national people, writers like Michael Silver, like Lock and Forer, like Breer, like others, about Balky. So that's why I continue to believe that Balky won't be the guy, and this is an excellent example of it, what just happened in New York. Joe Judge, not safe, now fired, he's gone. Yeah, maybe they're just doing their, you know, a little bit three-day homework, essentially, and, you know, running around the building, seeing what people feel about him, and reaching out to other people, see what they feel about him, and go from there. Because typically whenever you fire a GM or a head coach on Monday, the day after the last game of the season, you were going to do that a week or two before because you had already done yeah, your homework. Like Chicago. Yeah, exactly. They've known, they've known it's coming. Yeah, yeah so I, I would assume that's what's going on. So hopefully that is what happens. But let me ask you this, Brent. Okay, obviously you're feeling better now because Joe Judge, after a couple days, has now been released, and obviously your Trent Balky prediction looking a little better. But at the same time, we can all assume that the Giants management went to the players and said, all right, give us your honest assessment about Joe Judge. I'm sure they, they took that assessment, they kind of evaluated it and said, okay, these players don't want to play for this guy anymore. It's gone. How does that work for a GM, though? It's a good question. Right? Like if someone would have said, hey, what was Gene Smith like? I'm like, well, I mean, he drafted me, so I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to talk bad about him. And I don't really see the guy. So, I mean, he drafted Brian Anger in the third round. Not the best, but besides that, all good. Yeah, so I, I had no ill will towards Gene Smith. I think that's a fair point and a very good point. I don't think players really know or so much care about the GM. Uh, I think a lot of players will be saying, hey, Urban and Trent brought me here. I, I'm thankful for that, right? I mean, yeah. there, there is something to be said for that, especially if you're getting a nice payday uh, and you're drafted and you had your dream come true and all those things. There's good reasons for that. So I, I think it's a good point. But what I think players in these exit interviews with Shad should be doing and could be doing and are probably doing is telling Shad what they need. And they need to get rid of dysfunction and they need to have a coach in here that's going to relate to them and all these things. Then Shot has to put together the idea that nobody's endorsing Balky, yeah. and he has been a part of dysfunction in their own building for two years and in another building way on the West Coast for a couple of other years late in his tenure. And so Shot has to be smart enough there to, to add all that together. And uh, I think that's what I'm banking on. I think I'm banking on enough noise and enough evidence out there in the public eye for Shad, even if he's thinking, you know what, uh, this was Urban's fault, Urban's fault, Urban's fault, Urban's fault, to somebody to bring it to light that, you know what, even if it was Urban's fault, it doesn't make sense for this guy to hang around. And uh, I know you have to get there a little bit differently than the Giants maybe just got there. I understand that. But I think uh, I'm counting on Shad to do that because I think that's what's right for the organization. I mean, do you have inside information that – Shad was actually involved in these exit interviews or well I think Shad has really made it a um, point over the last three to four years especially uh -huh. to talk to players on yep. the way out and uh, I believe we talked to some players that I think that thought that was going to happen okay uh, now I don't know when that happened I don't know if it happened yesterday again with all this interviewing going on i'm not sure where shot is right now so uh i would assume that has happened and i kind of thought that it could happen today with some of the leadership because that's why maybe bevel is interviewing with the jags today okay. because he's inside the building so i would think shot today might have had conversations with a guy like trevor lawrence with a guy like shaq griffin and some of the leadership in that locker room to say okay what do we need but I think you bring up a fair point. It won't be as crystal clear as a player in New York saying, this guy's a joke as a head coach. Because people don't grade and look at the GM down the hall that way from a player perspective. Yeah, you typically don't see the GM very often unless, you know, 
you're on the practice field and he's off at a distance just you know evaluating doing their thing so I honestly I, I we, we might be overthinking this a little bit because <laughs> yeah, maybe the GMs the the head coaches the ownership they don't speak to players that often and ask their opinion on the maybe the day-to-day things but they definitely don't ask the big picture questions because they know that you might not be a part of that big picture um, now Shad Khan did do that my last year with the Jaguars in, in 2015 right before I got traded he brought in a handful of players to ask their opinion about random things of myself Puzzlesny, um Bortles just I think that's when it started. Yeah, I think that that's. A, I'm pretty sure it's when it did. I know he and, did that with Calais and others down yeah, the, after that, which yeah. is good. Uh, it obviously hasn't worked, so uh, <laughs> he probably hasn't continued to do that. Yeah. I mean, the uh, you know the things I told him to do, he did not do. So uh, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. No, and I remember. I know what you're talking about, and and so I think it's it's a catch because I believe there are some people that. Can't, I think when you're inside the building, you really can't see it from a, a different lens, especially as a player. You're like, hey, that position coach has been really good to me, gave me an opportunity, right? Yeah. X player may say that. But, you know, that same player might be like the head coach, man. I don't get him at all. What the heck? Yeah. You know, so you're endorsing. Like, there are a lot of people in that building on the defensive side of the ball that will hammer Urban Meyer and what just went on and the totality of the coaching staff, but will say Joe Cullen's awesome, and I think we should keep him. Well, so that's very hard to interpret from an ownership standpoint, right? Well, what do you mean by that? Um, and, and so I think, I do think he's going to talk to people. And, and by the way, after this year, which was so bizarre and really a circus inside that building more than other years, he needs to talk to those players. And above everything else, he needs to talk to that quarterback. Because after what they yeah. put him through this rookie season, if Shad Khan is not talking to Trevor Lawrence after the season, that is a bigger problem than anything that's Correct. going on in this organization. Because you yeah. have to cultivate that relationship. And we believe he talked to him on uh, the week of, of the yacht, you know, the week that Urban Meyer got fired. I heard he did talk to him mm -hmm. about what was about to transpire and could transpire. Yeah, but he needs to have a tell. deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. With, with with Trevor Lawrence about what do you need, young man? What do you need to, yeah. to make this work here? And then you can go outside with Shaq Griffin and other players, but they better be talking to Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Yeah. It should only be a handful of players that Shot is speaking to because the, the guys that are only guaranteed to be there, like Trevor and possibly Shaq Griffin and James Robinson. Yeah. I would be talking to James because... I mean, at least to say, hey, we love you, man. Exactly. Right? We After appreciate it. Sorry, good faith, sorry yeah. about this. And, you know, we'll do do good by you if you do good by us. So. Yeah. And by the way, I think Shaq's an interesting one here because he saw it work in, in Seattle. And so to me, that perspective yeah. is helpful. That's like, why point. did it work there? Yeah. You know, um, but I, I hope they are having those conversations. I'll tell you what, they're shotgun with all these interviews. He's talking to a lot of people these Ooh. days. I don't know what's going on in the auto part business. Yeah, I was gas, man. <laughs> that, the bumper business is yeah, on hold. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's tough with the supply chain anyway these days. Good points. <laughs> hey, one more segment. Tuesdays from Top Golf. Yeah, we'll go delete a tweet. What's uh, Scobie going to delete? <laughs> I know which one I'm deleting. Don't delete yours. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we'll be back yeah, on ESPN 690. <laughs> All together. 
everybody. That's how you fix it. Break out the brooms, clean sweep, get rid of everybody that had something to do with the last two years of New York Giants football. Because yes. it was an embarrassment, Gojo. It's awful. You're talking about a franchise that's had five consecutive double-digit loss seasons. So, yeah, we knew that Dave Gettleman was on his way out of the door. I'm just confused as to why Joe Judge wasn't on his way out with him. And that still might, up, might end up being the case. They still might fire Joe Judge, depending on who they hire as their next general manager and who that individual wants to be his head coach. I just don't understand why they're trying to hold on to Joe Judge. That's Chris Canty, I believe. Chris Canty believe right there, Casey. Good That's work, your guy. Bro. Good work, man. And by the way, before he said New York Giants, he could have been talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I thought, thought about cutting it right there and just let you kind of figure out who he was talking about. But Yeah, I mean, after everything went wrong uh, in Jacksonville for the last two years as well. I'm convinced I could hire better than some of these teams. I think a lot of people are convinced they could. But, yes. I, I mean, you look at the Giants, the last three hires they've had, like Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, and Joe Judge. And by the way, they went outside the box to get Joe Judge. Like nobody, he wasn't even on people's radar. Remember, they yeah. took for a long time, and they, they ended up getting Judge. People like, what? Who'd they hire? You know, at least when the Jags went outside the box, they go get the third winningest coach of all time in college football. Like, there's yeah. some a guy had won games. It's just it's the power of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, Brent. With Joe Judge, I mean. Yeah, I think they probably use that like, you know, dog that just picks winners. Sometimes <laughs> they like they, like the teams. Right. they would do better oh. if they did that. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You're hired. <laughs> the elephant picking the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Is it the octopus? Yeah, that, yeah the octopus was right. doing something that's for a while. Right. And by the way, by the way, that speaks, that speaks volumes about what the Jags could do here. I'll give you Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson and let the elephant pick. <laughs> and stop it right there. Just stop. Yeah, I yeah. bring those two guys to the zoo and let the elephant pick. That's, that's no fun, Brent. Let's do that. Fun. Yeah? Yeah. Get the Jacksonville Zoo involved and let <laughs> the actual it. Jaguar pick it. Make a like, giant wow. spectacle. I like Boom. it. Boom. Hit it. Or we do we just let Jags Twitter pick it, like some kind of American Idol voting kind of thing, where yeah. you, there's two vote, you know, two two choices, and Jaguars Twitter survived. Shad Khan would never let that happen. Nah, probably not. Uh, it's delete a tweet time to end the show <laughs> on our final Tuesday at Top Golf. although I think this could be a great Scobie segment. Oh, uh, anyway, but uh, so I know which one I'm deleting. Yeah. I got ratioed, as they call it, last <laughs> night. You got ratioed. That's basically when you have, like, more mentions than you do, like, oh, likes yeah, or yeah. retweets. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, at about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter of a live tweeting event, okay? Yeah. Why can't we understand this is live tweeting? I don't understand why that's so hard. Although you you guys both did the same thing. You woke up this morning and you looked oh, at I it. Oh, I love like, yeah. Brent's getting hammered. It and was you fantastic. Then you realize and process that I said this, like, in the scope of many tweets. So uh, I'm not going to lie, Brent. At like 6 o'clock in the morning, I was so close to taking that tweet that you put out <laughs> uh, and going, what are you talking about? Because I just, just kind of added to the fire a little bit. You serious, bro? But I didn't, man. I was respectful. I, was, I thought it might be all over the place. I've actually, it hasn't been as... No, you but, were not the only person tweeting that, so don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel bad. It's just part of it. Uh, uh, the, I love the people that come after you, though. And so I guess if I could delete a tweet, it would be, looks like Stetson Bennett isn't going to be the guy that can win a national championship. Um, he looked good this morning, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Holy cow. He looked good on he those enjoyed it. four passes. <laughs> uh, that's for sure.
Uh, I even said, I said, it looks like you can't win a national title with Stetson Bennett at end of day. Just not enough from the QB in this one. And then <laughs> I said a couple minutes later, looks can be deceiving sometimes. <laughs> we had some fun with it at the very yeah, least. You, got, you have to be a little self-deprecating at times on Twitter just in case. <laughs> well, you got to throw out the just in case. And now <laughs> look at all the old takes exposed under me. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, I don't want to call it your style here, Brent, but I feel like you tweeted that, you got harassed, and then you try to tweet through it. And then you try to hide it in the timeline by tweeting like 20 more things. Oh, it's a little true because you went on a tweeting spree after that. I saw it. No, that's I, I saw I it. I you kind of dilute that tweet oh, with he, others. Right. He was yeah. he was adding gallons and gallons <laughs> of tweets trying to dilute that bad boy. Well, well, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. good idea, actually. Sometimes tweeting through I, it. I think I just tweet too much. I mean, okay. you can say I tweeted through, through a lot of tweets. Then, yep. I got um, you. If that's the case. All right. Uh, you can't pick mine. You're going to delete a tweet. Yeah, I'm going to delete a, a couple tweets, actually, because it's kind of a joint affair here. Okay. So on... One nine of twenty-two at eight fourteen p.m. Um, at Brent As Jack oh, said, "Just making sure the kids all see this." And it's <laughs> and it's a retweet of that one time Larry Bird decided to play left-handed against the Blazers because, and this is an actual quote: "I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers." Forty-seven points, fourteen rebounds, eleven assists, ridiculous shorts. Now. On top of that, then somebody else called uh, Gigantor and Jack said, Hey, A-Train, you taking notes? No, I'm not taking notes of Larry Bird in his short shorts playing with his left hand because they're all layups. I can make layups left-handed. It's really not that impressive. Now, if he would have had a John Morant dunk or a John Morant block in there, then I would have been impressed with it. I'm not impressed by Larry Bird putting up 47 points with his left hand because no one was playing defense on him, and he had layup after layup after layup. No, Brent, what do you mean kids are taking notes of this? What kids do you want to see watch this? Uh, this you. would be like me going to my son, hey, do you want to go watch uh, this band called Crisscross? I was really into when I was a kid. That they're, they're a rap group, and they wear their shirts inside out, and they wear their pants backwards. It's, they're called Crisscross. Take a wiggity whack star to the store. You might have heard of them. No, because my son would call me a loser and say I'm a dork. That's what I'm doing right now with these Larry Bird highlights. There ain't no highlights. Layups. Larry's awesome. Layups. We cannot convince that Austin Austin Lane is just killing Larry Bird. I and Josh, no respect. I, Josh, I've said it before. I think if Larry Bird plays this modern era, maybe he sees five minutes a game. Maybe. <laughs> Ma maybe he sees five minutes a game. How about Scobie? You got, I mean, Giants are now NFL worst 22 and 58 since his picture was taken. Barstool said, <laughs> are you sure? You said. I like this one. Kim Kardashian decided to spoil Spider-Man. Uh, this is not the first superhero she has spoiled, Josh oh, says. What <laughs> <laughs> well, was that one on my feed? Uh, I'm uh, responding to that one. A new line of golf clubs, $5,000 drivers and $40,000 irons. Josh says, hashtag growing the game. <laughs> you have some good tweets, man. Can you explain to me those golf clubs real quick? Oh, sorry, but like... Seriously. I don't understand. Like, what are we Forty thousand dollar iron. Forty thousand. Is that a common brand irons? or not? Like, I, I don't know. Nah, okay. Nobody's ever heard of it. I guarantee okay. Top Golf irons don't cost forty thousand dollars. <laughs> but I don't know. You don't like, have many controversial ones here. I've have learned from many, many bad tweets that you have to really read it before you press send. Because I pressed send a few times. <laughs> and left my phone, you know, face down and come back later and go, oh, 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 crap, on quite a few tweets. It's, so. a, it's like my PR person always told me, imagine that your grandma's on Twitter and she's reading every one of your tweets. Yeah. What would your grandmother say? Let me ask you this. Since you joined the morning show and this show, are yeah. you still living by that? Because I've seen <laughs> some of your tweets. <laughs>
<laughs> nah, man, not really. I mean, if you listen to the, the, the Morning Show podcast, it's whatever. But I will say this, though. I wanted to put the, the interview after the game, the yeah. post. I couldn't put that on the other side of the things because of swearing, unfortunately. They want to let you. Yeah, so shout out to Brent Martin over being my right. boss. Action hey, Sports Shacks on ESPN slide, 690, man. baby. Go to the YouTube Bring channel. Bring expletives, baby. Let's go. And, and swear away. Swear away. <laughs> All right, guys. Tuesdays from Top Golf. It was fun. Yeah. Good luck in your interviews for the uh, head coaching job of the Jags. Thank yeah. you. It's a wide cast net. I appreciate that, Brent. Hey, maybe we'll bring you on. We'll see what happens. Thanks you know? very much. Yeah, you got Don't you. fire me from my current job. You got That'll you, man. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV tonight. CBS 47 at Fox 30. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.